Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Improv Chronicle podcast. I'm Lloydie. One of the conversations I've had several times recently is about stage fright. It's something I had years ago, and it's something people have mentioned in relation to returning to the stage after the pandemic. This episode has taken a turn I didn't expect for a number of reasons. It's certainly a less diverse set of voices than I'd usually have, and it's been one of the episodes where I've found it harder to find guests, and I totally get why. I'm incredibly grateful to the people I've spoken to about this, partly because they've been so incredibly honest and also because I hope them talking might be helpful to others. This episode has also been a rather personal one for reasons I'll go into a bit later. And just before we start, if you're experiencing any sort of anxiety in relation to going on stage, do talk to somebody about it. I hope this podcast's helpful, but please remember... If you need advice on your specific situation, do see a professional. I'm Luke Benson. I am an Irish improviser. I've been doing improv for about six or seven years. Uh, I'm a member of the Mob Theatre inside in Dublin, and I set up the what was, what used to be the uh, Tightrope, um, which was a, like a bi-weekly improv show before all this hit. And um, I do a uh, podcast with Mark Canton called Look What's After Happening. Yeah, so check that out if you can. So we got chatting on Twitter about stage fright and not feeling like some people are not feeling incredibly confident about going back to improv after a year away from being on stage. Other people just have it as a, a recurring thing. Where are you at with it at the moment? Um, so I, I'm somebody who has always kind of suffered with stage fright. Um, so that's kind of my low level, always in the background feeling. Um, I, I was grand in school. Like I was somebody who really enjoyed reading out in school and doing the, the musicals and the plays and stuff that happened in school. But then somewhere around 16 or 17, I got more self-conscious and I began, I began to be more aware of what I was saying when I was reading out in class or doing presentations and stuff. And I started to get nervous in front of crowds. And there were like three or four different instances where my throat would sort of get scratchy and I'd get really a shaky voice. 
And I slowly started to like move away from doing any of that sort of stuff um, in like the end of secondary school uh, and going into college. And it got to the point where like I started to avoid all types of um, presentations, speaking arrangements, even meeting new people in college situations. I was avoiding all that sort of stuff. And, uh, and I looked to improv as a, as a method of um, kind of battling that. It got to the point where I, was, I realized that this fear was guiding my decisions. I was choosing college courses based on it. I was not going for jobs because the job interview might require a presentation. I was like, I stepped away from captaincy in like my sports teams because I might at the end of the year, if we win, which we never did, but if we win, I might have to do a speech. So I would avoid any of those sort of roles where I would have to do any sort of public speaking. And um, it, it came to a head where I just, I wasn't able to attend college. I was so nervous talking to my my college, like the new college friends. And uh, I I just had to do something about it because it, it, it hit this kind of critical mass where it was either I just do, don't do anything anymore and I just find a way to avoid any sort of interactions or I have to battle this thing. Um, so I started to, yeah, try and fight back against this anxiety and this uh, this stage fright. And And how did you manage that? I, uh, I started off with some therapy. I did some like ACT, uh, which kind of is commitment therapy, which basically forces you to do things that you find a little uncomfortable. So talking to, I would start small. I would start really, really small, like talking to people in shops. (laughs) So I had to like go in like once a day, I had to go into a shop and just talk to somebody I didn't know, you know, ask them where the eggs are. Do you know that sort of thing? Like really simple things or interact with someone on public transport. Um, And they were like little steps. And then I got to the point where I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to try and face this fear of the public speaking. So I Googled Toastmasters because I knew of Toastmasters, which was this group of people who, if you don't know, sort of come together and practice presentations. It's usually for like, for people in the corporate world to sort of improve on their presentation skills. And a mutual friend of ours, Neil Curran, had the foresight to stick uh, his improv classes, uh, like a sponsored ad under Toastmasters, and up came improv. And it had like just a poster of like, hey, do you like performing? Um, do you want to have some fun, build confidence and work on your public speaking skills? And I was like, yeah, that all sounds super. That sounds great. I'll do this. This sounds much more fun. No offense to Toastmasters, but it sounded much more fun than uh, than Toastmasters. And um, yeah, so I signed up for his class. And I did it with this, not to be too graphic, but like the sweatiest hands. Like I was in a flop sweat at the thought of having to do this. Um, but I did. I just, I tried to bring in that commitment idea of, uh, well, decide you're going to do it click the button and then just don't think about it. You've committed. Luke has gone from being someone scared of public speaking to being someone on stage and on podcasts regularly. So I wondered, what did he find most helpful to him getting over his stage fright? Three things that I've really found help helped me over the years were 
committing to it. So um, don't, if you commit to something, don't give yourself the option to sort of back out. Um, now that your miles may vary on this, but I've found it works for me to just make the decision and go to it, go, go through with it. Um, the other thing is like, see through it, right? So very often when I was worried about a show, I would see the show as the end point of my day of the week of the month. Like it, it ended at that performance. So everything in my future was leading towards that. But in really in but in reality, it was going to be 30 minutes of my time. And then you know, like time will continue. By that evening, you're gonna be having drinks with your friends, or you might have, you know, go home and watch TV. Like there is life after that event. And sometimes I found it really difficult to see past the thing that was giving me all that stress. So just know that life isn't gonna end one way or the other. It will continue on. Um, and the final thing is, and it's more from a performance point of view. Um, if you find yourself nervous right before you go on and you think, God, I can't do this, just try and focus on your other performers. Just be the most attentive listener to what your other improvisers, what your troop mates are doing or saying and react, even if it's not verbally, even if you feel like you can't speak, react physically or react um, with a noise or a sound. Really just try and support what they're doing rather than thinking you have to be funny or you have to have something great to say. You don't. You can be, you can be a tree. Like if there's somebody walking through a forest, you can be the, the most incredible tree, the most committed tree, and that will serve a purpose in the show. Um, and I found that by taking the focus out of myself and putting it on to my other, my teammates, that I'm a little bit more out of my head. Because I'm like, what does this person want? It's almost like a little mystery to solve. What's this person want? What are they trying to say to me? And then I try and respond honestly. There are three things that I've found have been really helpful. So just commit to it. Know that it's not the end. Like see through it. And like focus on others. And hopefully that will help you battle some of the things that you're feeling before the shows. One person whose stage fright I remember witnessing was that of East Midlands improviser Neil Monroe. When he found out I was making this episode, he volunteered to talk about how his stage fright had manifested itself. It's it's a curious one in that my experience of stage fright has it, from the past would be from not necessarily improv but from actual uh, play performances. Um, but they would be minor things like just before going on. And um, the way I would potentially handle it would be just to relax and sort of centre myself. Literally, I remember doing a performance of Little Shop of Horrors when I was at school and not having really stage fright, but literally just dozing for like 10 seconds before we went on and such. And I chilled out massively. Um, but that was it. I, I never had anything there. When, when you sort of put out a message asking if anyone had experienced stage fright and I was thinking of improv. There was one time where I experienced it that I didn't realise it was essentially a form of stage fright or what it was at all. I was very confused by it. Um, it was when you and I were in a rehearsal for a show and I came in uh, 
sort of, I, I think I was the last person to arrive just because um, I'd been busy that day. So I'd been busy with work and stuff like that anyway. And there was other things going on in my life at, at the time as well. And I came in and we we did some warm-ups and I did stuff in there, but I don't think I was engaging that much in those warm-ups. And then we did a show run-through. We did a couple of show run-throughs. And I pretty much never came on stage. I I just didn't know what I was doing. I I was watching, I was observing, I was enjoying what I was seeing, but my mind literally couldn't come with anything to interact with my my friends essentially in front of me. And I I mean I can't remember it I, I would imagine it may have been yourself and a few other people. There were a few times where you tried to involve me in a very gentle way. I hate seeing a fellow player struggle. But when Neil realised it was the stress in his life that was causing his stage fright, it changed things for him. You did a musical uh, drop-in session once and you said, I don't know if we're going to do any more of this and stuff like that. And I came along to that and I hadn't performed for ages at all. I'd not been to no jams probably in over a year, if not longer. And I came along to that and I really enjoyed myself. Like... I and at the end and this is this is something I the reason I mentioned it was there was always this anxiety of I've not done any performance for a long time. So uh because like after uh like the end of two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen I did like I I started getting back on my feet in general in two thousand seventeen because I started realizing oh I'd been suffering stress and anxiety and such. Like about uh probably may time 2017 i began to realize that it was stress because uh other things like low blood pressure that i was sometimes experiencing i looked up and it went oh this could be a situation with stress so i began to realize from that point okay i definitely have physical symptoms and stuff like that i then learned what's spotting stress headaches and went oh i've been experiencing that a lot over the last year and stuff like that so it was all those sort of things but going back to this, this was the first time I'd gone and performed and it went well. And I remember afterwards you said, oh, that was really good. And I remember feeling like an absolute asshole in a way because like you said, oh, that was really good, Neil. And I went, yes, I did a really good performance. And I was thinking as I was saying words, this sounds like this is just me and I'm not complimenting anyone else here <laughs> and such. And I don't know if there was... And now of that, of maybe people looking at me going, eh, okay, he's like, I, I definitely said to people, I liked what you guys were doing, but I then was going, yeah, it was really good. But, and if that came across, I apologize to anyone and such. And by the way, just so you know, yeah, he was really good. And now it's honesty time from me. And I promised myself I'd be honest. I've had two bouts of stage fright during this pandemic. Both have been pretty weird to me. Uh, usually I don't get stage fright in improv. It's something that I associate with scripted shows uh, because scripted shows, well, there's a way it should be done, whereas in improv, surely I'm free. But yet the stage fright has emerged. A few weeks ago, Susan Messing was a guest on this podcast in the episode where we featured people who thought about not going back to improv after the pandemic. Uh, one piece you didn't hear was Susan make me start recording again after we'd finished. And she insisted that I ran this at some point. So here goes. 
about me. I mean, I don't, you know. I don't care that it's about you. Okay, we're back, and the reason we're back is I'm forcing Lloydy <laughs> to talk about himself with this, and he and, and and it's interesting because as what a giving human being Lloydy is, he's like, yes, it's my podcast, but this isn't about me. Yes, it is. <laughs> so I am curious now, what for you to continue what you just dropped. Okay, this this is the most Susan move ever. But I was just saying that I I've known throughout that I will go back to improv because yes. um, in the first month to two months it's like oh this probably won't last long. We'll book some gigs for later in the year. Um, and as we've gone through, whilst I've spoken to people who are kind of questioning whether they'll go back as they've reevaluated their lives, as so many of us have in the pandemic, my the creeping thing I felt is. A feeling of, oh my God, after I've not done improv for so long, am I going to be completely shit? There's all these people doing it on Zoom, like night after night after night. I've not been doing that. No. I've taught, I've taught a little bit, but I really haven't been performing. I've done like three online shows, maybe, maybe four in a year. Let me tell and you my- something. I will tell you, let me, may I interject for this part? Because yeah. there is that concern. I did a scene with Brie Watson. Four weeks ago, that was my first show. Show It really is just talking on Zoom, but it's improv. Mm -hmm. And then I did a little bit with Jill Eichmann for her show. And then I did, uh, the assembly is opening up in South Africa. So they put me me and Wachowski together. And it's a different thing because I am a visceral and physical improviser. But there are visual cues. And I could see where magic could happen. And did in little bits and pieces because for me magic is discovery of like, shut up! There was a lean cuisine in every scene. How'd that come back? Knowing fully well that I did it, but I didn't know that I did it. You know that kind of weirdness. And that although for me it's a stopgap measure, I was surprised to know that I was still improvising. That I wasn't worried about is this going to be good or bad because there's already a weird film on Zoom anyway. Um, Yes, some people are doing it again and again and again, but sometimes maybe when you're just enjoying being a human being, you actually have something to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like you can't, I, I am hoping for you that there is that feeling of riding a bike and that you get back on the bike and you're like, oh my God, the scenery is so lovely. Oh, silly me. I'm riding a bike again. I really do believe that we keep thinking that we have to keep these muscles, da, 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 you know, pushing. But I wonder if that came from somebody still needing, a, dare I say this as a teacher, a revenue stream. I have said to people in my classes, I said, I don't care if I ev- if I never get to teach again because I gave you some information that made you feel so good about yourself that your work just went to the stratosphere and that you just don't need me. I, I don't care if my revenue stream stops. Like I really, I mean, I, I do and I don't, I do because I think there's still always going to be people coming into this, but I wish you for you that you will trust yourself that everything you've ever done has gotten you to this place of simply going, ah, oh, how refreshing and delightful and awesome to be improvising again versus the conversation of, I hope I don't fuck up this because it's been so long. I'm going to invite you to reframe that Lloyd a big time. Invitation accepted. I do need to reframe. But the final part of this is more tricky for me. Earlier this year, I developed sudden hearing loss in my left ear. 
In the last 10 weeks, I've lost about a third of my hearing in the left ear. No cause known, no known treatment. A consultant has said, rather bluntly actually, that it's not likely to come back. It happens to thousands of people a year, it seems. At this stage, I have no idea how this will impact me on stage, especially as a musical improviser, but I hope somehow that it won't be too tricky. But it has added to the weight on my mind about what that first show back in real life is going to be like. And I don't like admitting I'm scared. Every bit as much as I don't like making this podcast about me. Next time on the Improv Chronicle podcast. When improv means business. What does improv give to the corporate world? And how is it benefiting workplaces, even during, or maybe especially during, the pandemic? Get involved and email your perspective to newsdesk at improvchronicle.com. The Improv Chronicle podcast is produced and hosted by me, Lloydy James Lloyd. There's now a newsletter to go with this podcast. Comes out on the weeks when we don't release an episode. Sign up and get the world of improv in your inbox when you go to improvchronicle.com. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.